What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Over Six Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Zach the Bad Burke, and with me, as always, is Cam the Turf King Charlton. What is going on, brother? I mean, fins up, first off. Fins up, indeed. Uh, AFC Offensive Player of the Week, Tua. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I got nowhere else to go other than to just talk about the Dolphins in this past weekend. Uh, other than that, things are good. It's uh, starting to cool off a bit outside. I'm looking at the weather this coming week, and like, oh, man, we are already on chance of frost. That's a little scary. Oh, uh, listen to that sound. There is not a better sound. <sighs> Nothing like a cold one. I'm just looking at the trophy in your background. It's making me sick, so I need a beer. Um, yeah, I got uh, my Xavier Howard jersey signed, my Chad Ochocinco jersey signed, and right in the middle, the 2022 Hackers Invitational Trophy. Well, I guess it's just the trophy forever, but... It's the trophy forever. It's just, you want it for this year. We'll see what happens moving forward. Um, I do think it's a good place to start with the Dolphins game. I mean, speaking of Xavier Howard, guy just did not have it uh, on Sunday. Um, I, I was at a Jack and Jill sort of thing, and it was funny because, you know, you kind of had everybody at the party was, you know, doing their doing their thing and it was like a one to four kind of shower sort of thing and um you know it was, it was very unfortunate timing since it started at one o'clock uh on week two of football uh but it's funny because you basically look around the party and people are chit-chatting here and there and then there's just a group of six six degenerates standing by the window on the lower patio close to the wi-fi so we had the game on and and we had like three different phones that were lying down on the on the picnic table within Wi-Fi range, so we could watch a bunch of games. So it was actually super fun. But uh, man, what what a you know I, I missed the start of that Dolphins game, and and I I mean obviously that's a good thing. But you know midway through the third, I was like, man, we are done. Like our defense just doesn't have it. I thought the offense looked. Let's start. I mean, let's start defense. I mean, I thought the defense was just. They, they just didn't have it. I mean, I, I was joking about this, you know, yesterday or the day before. Um, but, you know, like the NFL released their highlight pack of the longest touchdowns of the week. And the Ravens had three touchdowns over 75 yards and lost the game. And 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 I will say, too, like I'll let you chime in here, but I will say, too, like like those are unacceptable. Like the, the Bateman touchdown, the, the Lamar 85 yard rushing touchdown, uh, Duvernay, the, the kickoff touchdown. Like, the, like there are some plays there that you have to have, but at least the defense on two fourth downs, especially on the goal line, came out massive, and those are, could be massive swings in the game. So as bad as they were, um, and they have this bend-don't-break mentality, they didn't. It felt like they did, but when they really needed it the most, they, they, they came up clutch. Yeah, I mean, I got the opposite uh, experience than you. I watched the first half. I left, and they were down 28-14 or 28-7. I don't know. It was bad. Uh, go to referee hockey, get out off the intermission, and suddenly they have won. And I'm like, what the heck happened? And it's six touchdowns, 469 yards from Tua. But, yeah, watching the defense. Uh, the run defense looked pretty good if you ignore the Lamar touchdown, which, I mean, that's really just the secondary coverage anyways. Like, the run defense did what they can. There's one hole in the first. And it, it can happen, especially with a guy like Lamar. Uh, the Bateman one's inexcusable. I don't know what Xavier was doing on that. And then he just looked like he gave up, too. Uh, not real happy with that. Um, secondary at times. Again, you can't give up the big plays. The Duvernay touchdown. I mean, Duvernay's an all-pro 
return man for a reason. You still don't like it. It's a terrible way to start the game, especially on the road. But stuff like that happens. Uh, but yeah, like what you said, after those three big plays, the defense was a lot of bend, don't break. They're, they played really well, made the plays when they needed to a lot of the time. Uh, they got to be much better going into this week. But overall, the run defense, Christian Wilkins is a beast up front. Uh, another really good week on the line for him. But secondary is concerning a lot. A lot. Uh, Brandon Jones, again, hasn't been able to cover much at all. You're wondering if we're missing Byron that much, if that's big of a deal. And X just looks look disinterested, like something's bothering him or something. Uh, hard to say, but, I mean, they'll figure it out. Javon Holland's got to step up a little more. X has got to step up more, and this week's going to be huge, so it's a big moment for them. But, I mean, you can't stop talking about this offense. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's what happens when you have Hill and Waddle. Somebody still has to throw them the ball. And to me, I watched most of that game, and two had two picks. One, I'm okay with it. Marcus Williams made an insane play, getting his hand in it. It hit Tyreek in the face. And then should have been an incompletion, and he somehow picks it off the ground. Like that one, it's either should be a catch by Tyreek, who Tyreek said he should have had it, or it's an incompletion. He fit it in a tight window, but there's no way it should have been intercepted. The other one's a little inexcusable. It's more what we saw from Tua last year, uh, just throwing it up when he got pressure and putting it in a bad spot. Another crazy play by Marcus Williams, dragging both feet, but not happy with that interception whatsoever. But I mean, with fourth quarter, it mattered. The guy was unbelievable. Hit Tyreek, hit Waddle. He looked good. He was pulling guys. If you watch some of the closer tape, he was pulling guys off with his feet and his eyes to open those guys up a bit, which is just unbelievable. And it is funny. The other thing I loved about this game is you saw the video of Tua throwing as a righty, and you even hear Sean Green, who, I mean, he gave him credit, who we never thought we'd ever hear yep. Sean Green give him credit. They said the right-handed mirrored video, they're like, Tua actually looks like a good thrower. Something about just a lefty thrower Everyone thinks the arm looks funny, but when you see that right-handed video, you're like, it's pretty smooth. Yeah, I think watching it, it's kind of weird. I think because the camera is basically always facing towards his body, you see the full motion. Like, that's what I noticed watching that video, right? You see the setup, you see the hips move, and you see the arm come back, right? Generally with righties, when you're watching, that throw is away from the camera in general. Right. Like it just it, it, like depending who you're watching. Right. Because generally speaking, I, I don't know. That's what I feel like. You look at all the clips and that's kind of what that's kind of what it looks like. Right. So um, and, and even. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's it, but it 100 percent is wild and it has to be something to do psychologically where we're just used to seeing right handed throwers. So it just looks weird. But like when when you inverse that, it's like, holy, this guy's got it on a rope. Um, one of the things I just want to touch briefly on the on the the second pick, I'm actually okay with that pick. I like obviously, it, you you never want to have a, that that kind of pick happen. But I think most of the time that doesn't probably get picked off. And the one thing that I will say is it's it's a lot better than middle of the field. You know, you're not seeing the safety sneak down kind of picks, right? Like that's one where you're like, it's a 50-50 ball. They get it on the 30-yard line. It's not the end of the world. Um, so I like that pick. I, I, I still agree with you. I mean, obviously, it's probably better if you threw it away. But that's something that I, I, I can live with. If you're going to throw that pick along the sidelines, you know, there's zero chance that that pick's getting returned for a pick six, right? It's not like what we saw from Justin Herbert when they were playing the Chiefs Thursday night where he throws it an awful throw, which Herbert, by the way, should have got absolutely torched for that and didn't because the media is in love with him. 
but like that throw that he made, that was a 99 yard defensive touchdown for the Chiefs. Like that's what we saw from Tua last year, which we just didn't see. And I think the other thing offensively too, if you look at his throws, um, he's throwing it in spots where people are like, oh, he's overthrowing guys. Like I think my, the Mike Gusecki touchdowns one that specifically I wanted to bring up. Like he put it up there for Mike. Big Mike had to go up and get that. But that's the idea of that throw. It's not an overthrow. It's go up and get it. If you don't get it, it's an incomplete. That was one of the best plays of all game. Uh, the other one I'll touch on in a second. But the Ravens dropped nine players into coverage there. On third and 13, I think it was. They dropped nine players in coverage. So what did Tua do? He waited it out, stepped up in the pocket. Great pocket awareness this game overall. Stepped up in the pocket and threw it to a spot where Mike Gusecki is the only one who can get to it. It was a tremendous throw. If you watch it from like the back angle, it was unbelievable that he saw Mike there. And he put it in a spot that his guy was the only one who'd get it. It was a great throw. The other one I want to talk about is the touchdown to River Craycroft. Nobody's talking about this one. If this was Pat Mahomes, you'd see this absolutely everywhere. Tua spins out the defender, the lineman who got open, spins him out, starts going to the left, and throws across his body, hits Craycraft in stride. This was one of those ones that if Mahomes does this, we see this nonstop all week. But it's Tua. Nobody's talking about that play. It was awesome to see him do that, to be able to pull out of the pressure and hit a guy across body. It was a great play. And, and obviously, we're all hyped. I mean, I mean, 2-0 and o starts probably... And we were talking in the first four games of the schedules. You know, we, we kind of were like, okay, hey, what's realistic here? Uh, and I said, hey, I'd love to see three and one. That's what I'd like to see. I think that's our best case scenario. Uh, and I would settle for two and two. That's kind of what I, I said. I mean, like we have a softer part of the schedule coming up, but the first four games were not, you know, the easiest schedule, I would say for sure, because you have the Ravens who by all accounts are favorites in their division, favorites to you know make a playoff push didn't have their couldn't close it out didn't have their best game um you know the pats i think that's one you had to have the bills you know and this is the upcoming one and we'll talk a little bit more about that later but you look at the the you know the the four those first four teams and i think you need you needed to have two you have two and you're fine and now we've got two um yeah i'll, I'll take that every day of the week exciting game but we don't want to bore everybody with miami talk but obviously we're hyped uh, we'll get back to them a little bit uh, a little bit later. Yeah, so we'll try and move through the picks quickly so we can get on to this week's picks. Starting on the Thursday nighter, we had the LA Chargers heading to KC. I mean, this was just a weird game overall. KC gets the win. Chargers get the cover. Uh, pretty much what we expected. It ended up almost hitting the over after looking like it would be way under. But again, I think KC is just the best team in this division. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers really should have probably won that game. I mean, they they just they just seem disinterested in playing football in the fourth quarter, in my opinion. Um, that's about all I've got on it. Besides that Herbert pick, I thought that pick like I just couldn't believe that you know that didn't blow up more. I'm not again. I won't dwell on it, but I mean that's just pretty classic, in my opinion, of how the media treats different quarterbacks and who's favored and who's not. But um, I just you know, and, and I think the one thing I will say though too is is that Herbert really got smoked at the end of the game. And, you know, if he was actually healthy, could they have got the job done? Probably, you know, did I think they actually pulled him out too late. Like they probably should, like as soon as he went down, he probably should have got pulled because he, he had the play where he had the first down wide open and he like kind of like fake pumped and then just basically stumbled out of bounds and he had it. He had to go another but 10. Then the next, 
Yeah, the next play throwing an a absolute rope. dime on fourth down. I'm like, you can't run two yards, but you can throw an I know, absolute and like, dime. That's the weird part to me. Like, I don't know. And that's why I'm like, man, should they pull them out for at least one play? Like, should they pull them out for two plays? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, those teams are going to be exciting all year. So not much more I got on that. Moving into Sunday, not two very exciting teams. Panthers went to the New York Giants. Giants were favored two and a half. They went it by three. So we were both on the wrong side. Giants are two and zero. Oh. Giants are two and zero, oh and Panthers are zero oh and two. And the Panthers are gonna are turning into a tougher part of their schedule. They are in big trouble. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of issues there. It looks like Baker's trying to do it too much. Matt Rule's awful. Uh, I think Matt Rule's probably gonna be the first coach gone. He's just yeah, they got to turn this around in a hurry. You go down zero and three. It's tough to come back, man. It's just with that with their schedule and who they got to play. It's it's not gonna be a fun time. Moving along, New England went to Pittsburgh. New England is favored by two and a half, and they pull it off. Not really shocking. They won by three as well. So this is just another Vegas. Looks like the lines were set right. We probably should have seen this. It was going to be low scoring, and the Steelers coming off that other win, but it was hard to take a go against the Pats. But this is kind of a kind of what you expected out of this game. Low scoring, keep it tight, three-point game. Could have gone either way. It was an awful game. It honestly was like one of the guys at this thing was a Steelers fan. It was an awful game to watch. Probably one of the most boring games of the whole week. Um, you know, I just – it was like three and out, three and out, four and out, five and out, six. Like it just – there was no cadence, no flow to that game. It was super, super boring. Um, you know, I, I picked up Steelers. I think the closing line on it was plus three. Um, I picked up Steelers plus three and ended up with a push in one of my parlays. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, but I don't, I don't think the Steelers could have done too much more. I mean, I think that actually speaks more to the Pats that really nobody's expecting a whole lot from the Steelers this year in general. And everybody's saying, Hey, the Pats should be second in their division, pushing a playoff spot. You need to be better than that to, to do anything, do anything in the playoffs. So yeah, moving along, Bucks at Saints. Saint, Bucks were favored by two and a half, and they win this by ten. I mean, I, Jameis isn't good enough to play with a broken back, and this game was just messy. There, we got a fight there. Mike Evans is suspended one game. Him and Marshall and Lattimore just go at it every single time. But I don't think you can read too much into this game. Uh, the Bucks have like no receivers, and they're still finding ways to get it done. The Saints, I don't know what to think of them right now. This game was like three three with two minutes left in the third quarter. <laughs> it was just such it, again this is another game that was just terrible like i don't it was just not it, it was not a very good game and I, you know i was pretty confident the bucks were going to cover this one um and they did in the fourth quarter which was which was fine um fi- finally you know the the tom brady uh buccaneer versus the saints curse is broken so should roll them the next time too Yep. So moving along, Jets at Browns. Browns are favored by six and a half. Jets pull this off by one. Um, all it is basically is Nick Chubb. He takes that touchdown. They cover and win. If he doesn't get that touchdown, it just goes down at the one. Instead, they blow it. Uh, Mari Cooper looked like he had no interest in trying to get the onside kick, which would have also won them the game and covered. Uh, just overall bad game. Jets came up alive. Huge. Joe Flacco's now thrown it like 120 times in two weeks. Not quite that high, but it's ridiculous man's gonna pop a shoulder out like he's just he (laughs) i've actually been super impressed with the jets team thus far like i actually think their ball movement and and running the ball has been quite decent um you know i don't think i mean let's take it with a grain of salt man like i mean it's it's the browns and jacoby Brissett. like we know what it is chubb had himself a game 
but you got to hand to him, man. You you go out and win the game. Hey, I, I I got nothing to give you but kudos in that. I don't expect that to happen too too many times this year, but hey, they played a good game and and got the job done. Yeah, moving along, Commandos at Lions. Yeah, I'm calling them the Commandos. I'm going along with that too. Lions are favored by one and a half. They win this game fairly easily, 36-27. Carson Wentz is second in the league in a lot of QB stats. He's, I think, QB three overall in fantasy so far this year. And their offense looks pretty decent, actually, but their defense is horrible right now. I actually don't know how the Commander's defense is as bad as it is. And Lions are the Lions. Amon Ra, the sun god, St. Brown, looks unbelievable. Mini Cooper Cup. Yeah, I... I don't know, man. I, I had Washington in this one, and I just – I think you kind of nailed it. Like, I just their, – their defense was what really kept them in games last year, if you look at the games that they played. Um, you know, the games were relatively close, and then eventually Heineken came in, and Heineke, whatever, and, you know, he he was pretty good. I mean, that, they upgraded in Carson Wentz, as shocking as that is, and it seems to have paid out for him, except for the fact that they can't keep the ball out of their own end zone. And, like, let's be honest here. Carson Wentz is not winning any QB races. If you're gonna, if you're, if it's a race to forty, he ain't winning it. So, like, not with the talent. Like, Scary Terry can only do, only only do so much. Gibson can only do so much. And Carson is Carson Wentz. And as as well as he's played, it actually makes me more scared for the Commandos, the Commies, because if Carson's gonna play this well, we know who he is as a quarterback, and we know there's gonna be games where he doesn't play as well. And if you're losing games where he's a top three quarterback in the league, that's concerning. Massively concerning. Yeah, moving along, Indy at the Jags. Uh, we should have seen this coming more. The Jags win this game easily. Indy just doesn't win in Jacksonville. I don't know why we didn't just keep thinking that. And Matt Ryan is cooked. Matt Ryan's cooked. I'll talk about this one more a little bit later when we get to our picks. But, um, man, the Colts look bad. <laughs> the Colts look really bad. <laughs> I mean, there's two massive misses here. They're missing uh, Shaq Leonard on defense and Michael Pittman. Uh, so those are two massive. Those are two arguably your best players overall. So that's going to be big. But, yeah, Matt Ryan doesn't look good. they got to figure it out or Frank Reich is gone. Uh, but, yeah, we should have just let into the normal thing here. We'll get into that more those later. Guys, but, are those guys oh, worth 24 points? I mean, it's just an overall – that's just a weird game every year. It's like even when Tom Brady is with the Patriots. They lose in Miami for some reason. Doesn't matter how bad the they Dolphins were. They don't get blown out. They don't get shut out by the Jags. It's they the had Jags. Some games, yeah, they had some games where they were horrendous and somehow lost to horrendous Miami teams. So, I mean, it's just one of those places where they're just not going to win and it doesn't really matter the game script. Uh, moving along, Atlanta at the LA Rams. Atlanta was pretty close to winning this game. They don't. They cover pretty easily, and they honestly probably could have or should have won the game, but they didn't. Uh, a couple of weird things in this game, but again, I don't know what to think too much. The Rams were up really easily and then kind of took their foot off the gas. I hemmed and hawed about this one. If you remember from last week episode, I was like, I don't know, 15 and a half seems, or 15 points seems like a lot. And then I'm like, don't bet on bad teams. And then what do the Falcons do? They get down 28 to 3. As soon as I see 28-3, I'm like, oh, no. Like, this could be the reverse of the curse. Like, this, I, I, don't want, I don't want the curse reversed. I want the Falcons to keep losing forever and ever. But thankfully, they didn't, quite, <laughs> they didn't quite pull it out. But they had a chance, man. Like, later in that game, like, they had a chance to win that, win that football game. 
And they, yeah, like they couldn't get it done. But man, wouldn't that have been wild? 28 to three, you come back in the third and fourth quarter, win the game. Whoo! I could have turned their, that would turn their whole season around. They might have actually won the Super Bowl this year if they could have pulled it off, but they didn't. And the Falcons continue to not use Kyle Pitts at all. Um, and as Arthur Smith reminds us, it's not fantasy football. It's about winning football games. I don't really know how you say stuff like that when you're 0-2 and not using your best player. But, I mean, Arthur Smith can Arthur Smith. I can't believe I drafted Pitts in one of my leagues again. Oh, man. Year after year, baby. Seattle went to San Fran. San Fran was favored by 8.5, and, and they pulled it off quite easily. Um, if you told me Jimmy G was playing this game, I would have taken San Fran. Uh, Trey Lance done for the year, and that makes San Fran a much better team, in my opinion. Is he done for the year? I honestly, yeah, he's done for the year. Ooh. Honestly, I think San Fran's two, two to three wins better now with Jimmy G than they were with Trey Lance. So, I'm mean, gonna have to look at this 49ers team different every week now. Uh, again, if they had Trey Lance playing, I think Seattle would have covered the eight and a half, but we'll never know. Dang, I actually didn't know that he was out for the out for the year. I knew that he injured his ankle like badly, but I didn't know what the extent of that was. I didn't see yeah, that he, come down the pipe. Yeah, he had to have surgery done, and will miss the remainder of the season. So, honestly, it's not over. But Trey Lance's career now—that's basically will be three years of not playing football in a row. Uh, if I were to bet, I think his career is pretty much done. I don't know, man. Never say never. Nate Peterman's still playing six years in. Well, he's not playing, but he has a contract at least. So I don't know, but I mean, you, you kind of feel for the kid. At least, I mean, I understand why they're playing him. You got to give him a chance. And I think part of the other thing too is San Fran's like, hey, we're just going to hang on to Jimmy G and trade him at some point. And now they're like, well, shit, how can we trade him now? We don't like he's the only guy we have now. So uh, that that's, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see though. Then when they restructured his contract, he knew he was going to be around for this season. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Houston went to Denver. Denver was favored by 10. And, man, Nathaniel Hackett is horrible. They win this game. But Houston snuck around and kept in the game. And just a messy game overall. Hackett's not horrible. It's the it's the game management guy he hired. That's who's horrible. Yeah, that's like when we keep talking about everyone's talking about, oh, Brian Flores was a great coordinator. I'm like, yeah, but he wasn't a great head coach. He brought in terrible people around him. So, Nathaniel Hackett, it's on you. Like, it was on Brian Flores for having 17,000 offensive coordinators in three years. This is on you, Nathaniel Hackett. Whether you made the choice or your analyst made the choice, figure it out. Hack, hack it's it. Bad when, it's bad when your home crowd has to start counting down the play clock for you. I don't know if you heard that, but they were actually counting down from, like, 10. Just so that Russ and Nathaniel Hackett knew what to do. Man, I mean, I, I also think... Too much is being put on Hackett. Russ is a veteran quarterback. You got to know it better too. You got to have better awareness of the game clock. And like, I get that you're new to the system, but like, I just snap the ball. And like, I think the other part is, and I'm not sure if this is because it's the game management guy has to, you know, talk to the head coach who then has to relay that to Russ. Like, I'm not sure what's going on there. But like it's what is it? It's forty second play clock. So you like you have forty seconds to get to the line, do the play, do your like have a look at what the defense is doing and snap the ball. And every time it's getting out of the last two seconds, you don't need the full forty seconds every fucking time. Like what are we doing here? 
Like you need to fire if it actually is this play, this game management guy, get rid of him because he's not managing the game very well when you're getting six, seven delay a game penalties a game, or you're having to use timeouts in spots where you shouldn't use them. As soon as they played the first game where there's like 40 seconds left in the game or 50 seconds left in the game, and they basically use the full play clock and call the timeout with two seconds left, I was like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's just messy. I think Denver will figure it out a bit, but we'll get into that more in the next game. Cards at Raiders. Raiders are favored by five. We're both on the cards here. And, I mean, this was another crazy comeback this weekend. There was a bunch of them. And I think the biggest thing is Hunter Renfrew had a rough night. And he's actually starting – they're starting to question. And Mac Hollins, out of all people, is getting a lot more routes. He actually led the team with 66 yards, five receptions. I mean, we have some love for Mac Hollins. He made some big plays. Yep, he's a good he's a cool uh, dude. Yeah, I got some love for Mac Hollins. Cards got it done. It seemed like the second half the cards were just different. They just said they went back to just Kyler running more. And I think for them to be successful, especially without D Hop, Kyler's gotta use his legs. He's gotta scramble. He's gotta make defenses work. And they were much better when they went to that instead of kind of the run game and pocket passer. Renfro had Renfro had a bad couple of plays then the game like two fumbles in a row back-to-back plays the first one was recovered didn't get as lucky as the second one they lost the game which by the way buddy basically threw the ball away before he got to the end zone that was tight i'm sure yeah, that I, was way too close i think it it did break the plane but man it like the, the angle they were showing at the raiders game made it look like he didn't obviously it was reviewed and and he did but I'm like, if you if it if it looks from that angle like you didn't, it's still way too close. <laughs> yeah, the, what's the, the point, man? The, I, the behind the behind angle looked bad when you saw the down the line. He was actually like a full stride inside, and it was plenty good, like across the plane, plenty good. But the one from behind, you're like, wow, that is close. But uh, yeah, you just can't do that because it can't happen. I mean, we've seen it before, and probably see it again, but it shouldn't happen at this level. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all, man. Oh, wild stuff. Great game, though. I mean, hey, Kyler did Kyler things at the end. He really did just put the team on his back and and just willed it to happen more than the other guys. So, yep. Since he went to Dallas, since he was favored by seven and a half, he lose twenty to seventeen. Cooper, Cooper Rush. Rush. No Brown. Last two seasons. Who are these guys? Uh, Joe Burrow's on pace to get sacked. I think one hundred and twenty times this season. So he might be dead by the end of the year. Uh, this revamped O-line isn't good. Brill Burrow also is the worst starting quarterback the last two seasons in of sack avoidance. So he's not helping much. But, man, it's just a mess. Uh, I mean, you are you were pretty low on the Bengals to start the year. So I guess maybe some of this shouldn't shock you as much. But I'm going to go back to some of my takes last year where I also don't think Zach Taylor is a very good coach. He's finding not finding ways to help Joe Burrow avoid sacks with this revamped O-line. I mean, the Bengals might turn it around. I, I don't, I, you know, I, I didn't see them being this bad. I mean, I think losing to the Cowboys is really inexcusable considering that they are just like, they don't have Dak again. Zeke's been a non-factor all year. Like for the first two games, he's done nothing. And you have, you got beat by your backup quarterback. That's not even like a guy who really has played that much. So I don't know. It's just an, it's just inexcusable. Anytime that you have a guy like you make the Super Bowl, and I think you know, as everybody said, like oh well, everything aligned perfectly, and I believe that you still have one of the best wide receivers in the game. There's another game that we're going to talk about about this too, but it the, like if that connection's not there, and I didn't think that Jamar, like Jamar Chase didn't have a terrible game. 
like fantasy wise, he actually did relatively well, but like you, that, that can't be the only thing. And you had to know this year that they, that's who's going to be getting queued on all the time. So it's like, okay, so where's our secondary options and they're just not doing a good enough job. And I, I just want to remind the Bengals, I'm sure they're listening to our podcast. They definitely do. And they tune in and make sure they listen to our takes. Um, do you guys remember what happened in Joe Burrow season, first season when you had a battle line and he kept getting sacked all the time? Uh, I believe he had a knee injury that knocked him out for the rest of the year. So you might want to protect your boy a little more because you're, he's one bad hit or a couple more sacks away from taking it on at a bad angle, somebody falling down, him going over the other top and wrecking the other knee. And at this point, he already has that injury once. Like, dude, like ask, um, oh shoot, who is the Redskins quarterback? Uh, Alex Smith. Ask Alex Smith how that works out. It doesn't work out well, man. It's Alex Smith, right? Play for the Chiefs, they play for the yeah. Redskins, right? Yes, it's Alex Smith. Yeah, so, he almost died. Yeah, like the, this is like, what I'm legit almost died. I know, like this is what I'm saying. Like I'm not kidding. Like it, especially when you already have this injury, like you need to protect your guy. I don't care. Like you can decide not to win football games all you want, but you need to protect your franchise quarterback because it's not a joke. Like you you, you can't get, get get sacked seven eight times a game and expect to be healthy. And you're one wrong move away from your franchise potentially getting ruined for three, four, five years, however long it takes to get a new guy in. And you're also jeopardizing your one of your young wide receivers' success. So get your shit together. Moving along, Sunday night football. Chicago went to Lambeau, faced Green Bay. Green Bay was favored by 10. And Aaron Rodgers just owns the Bears. Uh, really not much else to say. No, I'm good I don't really think. Yeah. Monday Night Football, we had a mini heading to Philly. Um, just a weird game. Philly looks good. Darius Slay completely dominated Justin Jefferson. Don't think he gave enough effort. And don't bet on primetime Kirk. What were we doing? Like, just I, don't do it. Yeah, I you know, I, I feel like at some point it needs to it needs to stop. Like at some point he has to perform. But I don't know why I went against the trend. To the Vikings credit or the defense's credit, whoever, they were in that game for a while when they shouldn't have been. Like, they had, like, the, the defense made a couple great plays, put it in the hands of the offense, and the offense just shit the bet. Kirk was giving away picks all over the place. Jefferson was doing an awful job coming back to the ball. One-on-one, -on -one, he's like, okay, Slice had my number all night. I guess I'm just not going to get it. Unless I'm in stride going to the end zone. Like, I'm not going to put in any effort, and I don't know what the heck was going on with him. But... It was demoralizing um, with a fantasy matchup where you need four points from Jefferson, and he's just dipsy doodle in a sense in the in the end zone, not even trying. And I was like, "Jeez!" And then Kirk is just throwing muffins all over the field. Um, Hertz looked good. Hertz looked really good. And uh, I mean, top five quarterback, top twelve quarterback. This was a hot topic discussion, but uh, I mean, whatever it is, he's looked good. I'm not saying. I mean, the Cowboys winning the division takes not looking too good. Now, I will say, albeit that I did say when I was making that prediction that it, everything entirely rested on the backs of Zeke and Dak and that they had to play their best to do it, but I thought they would. And they obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, so it's really the Eagles' division to lose. But I thought overall they just played a really nice team game. Yeah, I got to give them all the credit for that game again. Through, I mean, week two was just Alabama quarterbacks looking – 
like real quarterbacks, and that hasn't happened often. So last game on Sunday night, I mean, this game actually started beforehand. Buffalo versus Tennessee. The Titans suck. I don't know why you gave them more credit than they deserve. They just suck. I, yeah. It's kind of funny. Like, the parlay that I did for that game completely, like, it could... <laughs> it completely did not match the pick that I made. So that was really stupid. And keeping in mind, like we do make our picks on Wednesday, so it is tough. And it gives me more time to think after we do it. But the parlay that I did on Sunday, it didn't hit, um, but it worked out exactly as I thought it would, which was Josh Allen over 260 yards passing, uh, Derek Henry under 87 and a half yards, Bills double, uh, double chance. So Bills winning at halftime, Bills winning the game. And Ryan Tannehill over 200 passing yards. The game plan being Henry was going to get shut down. The Bills are going to get a lead at half. And in the second half, Tannehill is going to have to throw the ball more. That game script worked out perfect. The problem was, is Tannehill kept throwing picks left, right, and center. The Bills kept scoring a billion points. And they're like, okay, Tannehill's night's done with like five minutes to go in the third quarter. I'm like, well, shit, this game plan worked out way too good. Because now he's not even going to get his passing yards because he got pulled from the game. Like, ah, I was pretty choked that bet didn't hit. Uh, but that was, yeah, I after I rethought it, I was like, ugh, that's a yuck. That's a disgusting pick. I shouldn't have done it. Should have gone with the, should have gone with the Bills, but what can you do? Yeah, and the Bills are just a wagon. They look really good. They're the best team in the NFL right now. I don't really think, again, it could possibly be significantly right now. They are the best team in the NFL. I mean, they beat the champs, so you can't really argue otherwise. So, unless you want to talk more on the Miami-Baltimore game, that is it for week two. What? did We did not have a good record last week. It's a bounce-back week this week. Yeah, so you went 5-11. and 11. You're now sitting at 38% for the season. Ooh. I went 6-10, and 10, so just reversed my week before, 50% for the year. Um, neither of us has had a lock this year. Ugh. All right, well, we're going to uh, we're going to dive into our uh, – Week three picks. Uh, week three of the over six NFL picks. Picking every game against the spread, whether we like it or not, on Wednesdays. Disclaimer. Uh, it's going to be a double lock week because we need to make up our locks. So we're going to give out two locks this week as well as every game against the spread. Um, should, be a, should be a good week and... I need to hit. I need to go like 11 for 11 and five this week to to recover. So Cam, kick it off with our uh, kick it off with our barn burner of a Thursday night game. Yeah, Thursday night we have the Pittsburgh Steelers heading to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Browns are favored by four. I mean, to me, this is, seems like it's going to be a repeat of what we saw really in the Patriots game. In, in my opinion, I mean, I think the Steelers D is still fine. I think it's still good. I'm not as concerned. I mean, the, the difference in this game is I think, you know, you look at the Pats and the Pats, the, they, they're not gr- they're not great rushing the ball. Like Harris and and, uh, and Stevenson, like they're, they're fine, but they're not the level of, of Nick Chubb or whatever the case is. So, you know, the Steelers just, they, they kept it close against the throw against throwing Jacoby Brissett's not going to throw. I expect more turnovers from, from Jacoby Brissett, uh, or if they're just going to hand it to Chubb all game, 
that's fine too. I think the Steelers can handle that game script wise. Both teams are really just going to rush the ball all game. It's going to be Najee Harris versus Nick Chubb. It's not going to be Mitch Trubisky, uh, Jacoby Brissett battle. So game script is going to dictate that it's just going to be running the ball. There's going to be really long possessions of just, or, or it's going to be short possessions, but just a lot of runs. So I, I would expect the game to be low scoring. I would expect the game to be, uh, and I would expect the game to be close. So, um, is Steelers are are Steelers? Sorry, was it is that is it at formerly known Heinz Field? No, it's in Cleveland. It's, sorry, it's in Cleveland. Okay, I'll still take the four points with the Steelers. I was comfortable with two and a half last week versus the Pats, and uh, I picked up the line at three, which pushed. So give me an extra point against really a Browns team that's a little bit different, but kind of same same. I'll, I'll take the Steelers plus the points. Yeah, you just look at these two teams. They want to both establish the run. They want to keep it low scoring. So I'm with you with the Steelers. You touched on most of the other points. I'm also loving the teaser bet of six-point teaser. We got Pittsburgh up to 10 points and the over-under to under 44. Uh, most books have that about minus 120, minus 125. I personally right now, I can't see how that misses. So I will be betting probably two units on that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's anything that's minus 125, you'll take. I mean, betting the under is tough, though. I was talking about that in our group chat earlier. I was like, man, like betting the under is just so bad. Like, because uh, especially in games that you're you, cheering for a bad game. Yeah. And especially yeah, in games, you're cheering for a bad football. <laughs> like games that you care about, too, right? Like if you're betting the Jays, like for the example, you're betting the Jays on an under, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, I guess we're just going to have a pitcher's duel, which depends who you are. I mean, some people are purists and they love defense and low scoring games. I'm not one of those people. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you're making a bet like that, you got to go with what the game script is you think is going to happen. So I, uh, I like that bet at, at minus 120 or minus 125. Yep. Moving along Detroit at Minnesota, Minnesota's favored by six. I don't really understand this line. Uh, Detroit's offense looks unbelievable. Their defense looks horrible. So this could get high scoring more than a lot of people think, but. I mean, Detroit, Dan Campbell, they're scrappy. I just – I could see them keeping this really close. Six points is too much. Give me Detroit plus six. Yeah, I I, I don't – this one's a struggle for me because I really feel like they want you to take Detroit plus six. And, and you know, we have discussions about, well, what does Vegas want you to do? And I don't necessarily buy into that too, too much. But, I mean, you look at the last two weeks, the Lions have covered twice – so they covered the five and a half the first week versus the Eagles. They covered the, I mean, I mean, by this logic, we actually should go Detroit to cover the six because they, they covered versus the Eagles who blew out the Vikings. But I don't know. I just, I, after such a horrible week last week, I just have this gut feeling that, that it's going to be one of those Jefferson weeks where he puts up three touchdowns from Kirk and they just find the ability to get done. I didn't think the Vikings defense was that awful. I just think they really struggled with the dynamic quarterback that Jalen Hurts is. And frankly, uh, Jared Goff is not that dynamic of a quarterback. So really, who do you have to worry about? Okay, so you have to worry about uh, you have to worry about Swift. Okay, I think they can handle that. Um, I'm going to take the Vikings minus six. I'm going to double down. And again, I think I think your reasoning is sound. This could come back to bite me in the ass, but I just I just have this gut feel that it's just going to be one of those games where you got blown out by the Eagles. Not blown out, but you lost by 17 points and you put up an absolutely awful effort and Kirk had like three picks. I think it's, it's, it's not a primetime game at one o'clock. They're at home. 
I just, you know, I, I don't think the, the Lions are just going to, you know, they're not just going to keep covering every single week for the whole season. So they're, they're due for a, they're due for a letdown trap game, trap game for sure. For betters. Like you're telling, like, don't, don't you think that this is like a spot where they're like, Oh man, everybody's going to smash the lions. Cause it's like, Oh, they've covered twice and the Vikings are kind of poo. Yeah, I go back and forth because then I'm like, oh, a lot of people think that too that Vegas is against them. I know it's Vikings, are, so it it works all around in a little bit. So I'm just going with my gut on that. Vikings one. just need to win, though. Like they just they they need a win. And if you lose to Detroit, like I don't know, and and I don't think they're going to win. I mean, I think money line is pretty solid for Minnesota, but I don't know. I think I think it's one of two things. I think either you're covering the six or you're losing the game. I don't. I think it's one or the other. So I actually wouldn't even take plus six. I would just take. I would, I would take Lions money line over over plus six personally, but take like the plus two hundred or whatever it is. Yeah, that'll be a nice line there. Uh, Baltimore heads to New England. Baltimore favored by three. Is Lamar playing? Yeah, Lamar's playing. They said this leaves nothing big. There's a zero doubt in Harbaugh's mind that he's playing. So, I mean, he threw a lot. He needed to throw a lot. So it's probably just need a little rest. I wouldn't be too concerned. And again. Does Lamar need to throw it that much? No. Uh, he's pretty dynamic. New England's not that good. Uh, if they get into a shootout like they did, Mac Jones can't get in a shootout. So give me Baltimore minus three. I'm taking Baltimore minus three as well. And again, I think, you know, I, I, I think that if they had success against Miami's D, they, they should have some a lot of success against the Pats D, which in my opinion is is worse than what Miami has to offer, frankly. And I think you're bang on. I mean, do you think that that uh, Mac Jones is throwing for 470 yards for six touchdowns? Do no. they throwing for 250 yards for four touchdowns? Probably not. Do they have the running backs to get the job done? No. So I don't. I I don't know. I mean, Damian Harris isn't getting three touchdowns. Damian Harris might not even play. Stevenson isn't getting three touchdowns either. Yeah. No. Not three. So touchdowns, I think I like three, Stevenson better actually. I mean, I think minus three is is yeah. I have no problem with that, especially when you get embarrassed. Like they got embarrassed to end to end that game. And I mean, Stephen A was telling the Ravens basically that that defense, like you should be ashamed of yourselves and the old vets of the the Ray Lewises of of past. You need to apologize to these guys. Like I know they probably don't listen too much, but you're like they're gonna come out and they're just gonna absolutely pound the Pats because the Pats suck. They're getting last in the division. We all know it. Heading to Carolina, the Saints head there. Saints favored minus three. How do you take the Panthers here? Oh, I am going to take the Panthers, so I'll get that out of the way. Okay, uh, Cam, New how Orleans do you take the J- Panthers here? Uh, Jameis with a broken back. I don't trust that. I don't know who oh, Andy Dalton might play this game. Who Andy Dalton's okay. Uh, we don't know about Kamara's health. Michael Thomas has been okay. I think Carolina's D is still good. Um, they've looked fine through the games. I still think their D is good. And I think it's just going to be handed, get it to C-Mac a lot more. Uh, I think they're going to come up with a game plan here. Matt Rule's line, job is on the line this week. Maybe if they start 0-3, he could be got, let go. He wants to head back to college anyways. So, I think this is a must-win at home for Carolina. The Saints, I don't know what I think about them coming off a game with the Bucks that was quite emotional. This is kind of a letdown spot heading to Carolina, in my opinion. So Saints minus three on the road, I don't like it. So I'm going to take the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take um, 
and this this is always tough. I mean, you're probably right. Like I like it's a divisional game, and you always say divisional games are always close, which they usually are. Um. Ah, jeez. I bet the Panthers two weeks in a row. Like I'm just worried that. Like, look, hey, look. I need these wins here, right? Like, I need these wins bad, and I don't even care if you have a better record than me. Like, I'm not. I'm just trying to figure out here, like, okay, why, why would I bet? Like, I don't understand why I would bet the Panthers when they lost to the Browns. They're favored. They lost to the Browns. Okay, that's fine. I can give that one. You lost to the Giants, man. I know it's on the road, but you lost to the Browns at home. You were awful for three quarters. The Saints won on the road. Then they lost at home. Uh, they're back on the road. Don't we take Jameis on the road? We don't even know if Jameis is starting. Jameis so. is starting. I give me the Saints minus three, man. I'm not convinced on that. Here's the I was I was high on the Panthers to start the year. I legit thought they had a chance for second in the division in a wild card spot. And maybe it's an overreaction. And maybe looking back next week, I'm going to be like, ah, damn it. I should have just kept my my 10 bucks on black until it hit. Sort of roulette, whatever, right? You, you don't switch it up just for the sake of it. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I, I think if, you know, Michael Thomas has been great this year. I think he can do just fine. I think the Saints D is still serviceable. I know that I, I know that the Bucks had a lot of injured players, but I mean, it was 3-3 until the... It was three three in, in the in the to the end of the third quarter. Like the, the Saints D did a plenty good enough job because any worse of a defense or defense is going to be like Tom is still Tom's still Tom. It doesn't matter who's on the field; he's going to put points up against you. So they were serviceable enough. Get another week for Jameis to heal from his broken back, if whatever that crap's going on there. So give me the Saints minus three. And sorry, Nate, but I just I don't. C Max just has he's been. I don't even know what's going on there. I don't even know what's going on with that team. I'm just so disappointed. I'm so disappointed with the Panthers. Moving along, we have Houston Texans heading to the Chicago Bears. Bears are minus three. Uh, wrong line. Houston, yeah, they're going to win the division. They got to win this game. That's all I have. Houston plus three. Yeah, give me Houston as well. Like they've got a tie and they've got, you know, they've got a tie and a loss. The Bears are one to one. Okay, that's fine. But you look at the Texans games, man. Like they. They tied the Colts, and the Colts were awful. They only lost by seven to the to the Broncos, which was the line was ten and a half, which is ridiculous. Um, I, there's nothing that I've really seen from the Bears. I mean, they didn't do anything. The only way that this gets blown out is if it's if Justin Fields has himself a game. But I think the Texans. I, I'm. I would agree with you that they have a nice chance to win this game outright. I would probably bet the money line, so I will take the points. As long as Chicago is not a lake. If Chicago's a lake, I like the Bears, but we won't find that out. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, getting Damian Pierce more involved too, so I like Houston here. So we've talked about the Colts, so KC heads to Indy. KC favored by six. I know you want to touch on this game. Yeah, so we had a discussion in a group chat about this one. And like, you know, talking about, oh, well, you know, what does Vegas want you to bet? Well, Vegas wants you to bet the the Chiefs at six and, you know, the Colts are going to have a game. I I just, I have a real problem. I have a real problem with like, when you're like, oh, well, Vegas wants you to bet this line. And, and I get that. I mean, that's the point of the line. 
the point of them making a line is, is that it's on the fringe of, is it too much or too little? And sometimes there's obvious ones where like the rest of us are like, oh, this should be an easy one. And, and I mean, and the one thing that I'll say is, is like, you're right. It's a Sunday. It's the NFL. I get it. Anybody can win on any given day, generally speaking. But I have seen nothing from the Colts. And you could say, well, you know, they've had some missing pieces and they just haven't had a full team. Dude, they got the, like, are we forgetting that the Jags, the Jags shut them out? Well, we didn't have two. We had two missing guys. I don't care. Two missing guys is not 24 points. It's not like, it's just like, that's outrageous. If you think that's 24 points, like I, like, I don't care what to, the only, the only person that can be 24 points in this league is a quarterback. That's it. Or maybe you could say like, like, like a full 24. Could you say, oh, it's our main corner and our quarterback. Okay. Maybe, but like you're putting faith in Matt Ryan and he's looked terrible this year. I mean, the chief's defense is not bad. Like they've been quite serviceable. And frankly, I mean, if the Jags are going to put up 24 points on you, you don't think Pat and Kelsey are going to put up like 50 or let's even say, let's, let's be conservative here. Let's say the, let's say uh, KC puts up 35. Do you think that the Colts are putting up 29 points or what is it? Yeah. 29 points on the chiefs. There's no chance. The Colts have put up 20 points in two games. They've played the Texans and the Jags, and they tied the Texans, and they got shut out by the Jags. I'm sorry. I don't care what you add to that team. You're playing a team that was in the AFC Championship and has won a Super Bowl, and you're expecting them to – yeah, you're just expecting them to cover six? No chance. Uh, give me the Colts plus six. Uh, scheme was minus two and a half, minus three in the off season. We really think Indy's that much worse of a team as we thought in the off season. No, uh, they're still a serviceable team. They're a team who's got to keep it close. Again, I'm going the same thing as I did with the Panthers here. Frank Reich's job's on the line. I don't think Indy needs to win this game. I mean, it'd be huge if they do, but they're going to keep it close. They're going to play hard for Frank Reich because I still think he's a decent coach. Uh, so Indy plus six is my play here. I hate all that Vegas crap because the lines are set perfectly. You see that every week. That's why it's so hard to be good ATS. But overall, I'm taking Indy plus six, so we'll see. Well, we will see. I don't. I don't know, dude. I don't. I still. Don't, I get what you're saying. I I just don't know. I could be totally I mean, in wrong. real life. There's. If I didn't have to pick every game against the spread, I would take. I would stay so far away from this game. It's not even funny. It's just. It seems like one of those games that's just so weird. But it's like one of those things too. It's like, wait. Let's say the Chiefs blew them out by twenty-one. People are like, oh damn, should have taken the Chiefs by six. It was so obvious. Like it's, and that's why people want to stay away. I just, I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, and if in India ends up keeping it to like a field goal, everyone would be like, oh, that was so obvious. Uh, it's just a letdown game, all that. So it, it'll be obvious no matter what it was. The so Chiefs need okay. Just a game. The only thing I didn't say, Cam, was is like the Chiefs could not afford to not win this game by a lot. Like they need to, they, they need. Okay, you're like, oh, well, they can keep it within three. If it's within three, they can lose this game. In the AFC, you need to win all these games. Like. And go to work. Like you got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes don't care about winning by a ton. We've seen that in the past. They don't care about winning a ton. It's about the playoffs for them. It's just about getting wins. So 
think that's part of the handicap here. Well, we're going to find out. Moving along, Philly heads to Washington. Philly's six-and-a-half-point favorites. I mean, i got to ride with Philly. Until I see something else out of this team, I'm going to ride with them even at six-and-a-half. The commander's defense has been horrible. This offense looks unstoppable. And if you saw Darius Slay last game, you don't think that Carson Wentz is going to throw a pick or two to him? I think so. Philly minus six and a half. I'm going to go against the grain and I'm going to take the commandos plus six and a half. Now hear me out. Divisional game, right? Divisional games. We talked about that. They've been close and you know, they are. And I guarantee you, somebody's going to call me up or text me and say, Oh my God, you took the chiefs minus six and you didn't take Philly. Minus six and a half, you're a fucking idiot. Guarantee you within a day, four hours of this podcast coming out, that's coming out. As much as Carson Wentz is like, he's been good this year. The defense has been bad. I mean, you'd think that they should get up for this game. I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I think that they have a good chance. Like if, if all Washington has to do is if you cue in on Jalen Hurts, I mean, you. I mean, if like Car, if Carson's going to continue his good play, and I think Carson Wentz will fall off. He always does mid-season. He gets like slightly injured. He comes back for a couple of games, and then he's not the, who he was before. But it's not shocking to see him play well at the start of the year. He's done that all the time. So I think that all he has to do is play the same kind of game that he does, and you get any sort of defense. And I think it's a field goal kind of game. Like I think that's just the reality of a divisional game. And this is the first divisional game that the. That the, that the commanders have first divisional game for Philly. Uh, Washington's at home. So, Hey, I'll take the six and a half in a divisional game. Let's keep it close, baby. Lose by a field goal. I'll go home happy. Yep. Moving along since he heads to the New York jets, since he favored by five. Mm. You want to go first? <laughs> oh, I can. Yeah, I think since he, this is the get right spot, this is the Jets. Everyone's worried about Burrow chasing fantasy a bit. This is going to be the right spot. The New York Jets don't have much of a path, pass rush. They're throwing it a ton. I think Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, this is the get right spot. This is where they figure it out. Uh, a little bit of panic after last week. So I'm going to take since he minus five here. Yeah, I'm also going to take since he minus five. And again, I think this is what this is what I was kind of talking about with, you know, you looked at the Browns last week and they just completely they they just pounded the ball, and you know the Jets were like, okay, like we're fine with that. We'll we'll throw it down the field and we'll, we'll be able to match you. I don't think that the talent, like the talent that the Bengals have, it's just too much. Like I mean, the Jets last week won won twenty four to nine to the Ravens. Um, you know, they were six and a half point dogs then. They're six and a half point dogs last week. They've covered one. They didn't cover the other. I think it's at a point this week where now they've moved the line down and I think they're getting too much respect. I think that's the problem. And I still think the Jets are going to get third in the division. But I think if you look again, six and a half point dogs, six and a half point dogs, five point dogs to a Bengals team, which made the Super Bowl last year, as bad as they've been. And I still think, as I said earlier, they still need to get their shit together. But I'm 100% on board with you and as a get-right get, get spot. Um, give me the Bengals minus five uh, and see if they get their, their train back on the road. Because if they don't, 0-3 oh, and, and you've lost to the Jets, the Cowboys, and the Steelers, woof. you got a, you got a tough, tough schedule coming up. 
Yeah, Vegas heads to Tennessee. Vegas favored by two and a half. Yeah, I'm all over Vegas in this game, personally. I mean, I doesn't. Here's the thing: I would actually, I would take Vegas two and a half against the Titans if the Titans didn't get blown out. Like if that game was close against the Bills, I still would take Vegas minus two and a half. Like Vegas should have uh, won the game last week, and I think they're going to be a little pissed off they didn't win the game. Like, you don't think Renfro's going to go out there with an absolute chip on his shoulder, car, wallet, or whatever. Like, they're going to go out and they're going to be like, man, like, we we let that one slip away. I just don't – I mean, the the, the the you know other argument on this is it's it's a get – you know, the Titans were embarrassed by the Bills and they come back and, you know, they're at home. And I I, I just – I mean, you got two 0-2 teams here. And I think – in Vegas, I, I'd slated being a 500 team. So – this is a spot they, they need, and one and a half points, you're going to take – I'm going to take the Raiders all over the place here. They're going to give me the Raiders by less than a field goal against the Titans. Before the year, I had the Titans as arguably the worst team in their own division, and I have Vegas competing for a playoff spot. This is going to be a spot where last week they didn't go to Devontae Adams a ton. They're just going to keep going to him this game. Uh, Tennessee, they don't have a pass game at all. Unless Traylon Burke suddenly goes off this game, uh, Vegas is going to be able to stop the run a bit. So Vegas less than a field goal all day. All day, baby. Last 1 p.m. game, we have the Buffalo Bills heading down to South Florida to take on our Miami Dolphins. Bills minus six. Yeah, I mean, this is the tough part where it's like happiness hedge. I got to put that kind of stuff aside, um, you know, for the sake of, you know, for the sake of handicapping integrity. There's no reason why the Bills shouldn't cover six points. The, now, that being said, Miami's offense is extremely competent. Like they've they they know to, to the tough part to me is is that you know it's if this was like the okay so let me let me play this scenario for you. Tua has his kind of breakout game, which is probably his best game that he's played in his entire career. I don't think anybody would argue that. So, if it was like the game. If there was a game in between that game and, and this Bills game, I'd be like, okay, let's see how Tua does the next game after this career game. Like, does he like did this light something inside of him where all of a sudden he's like, hey, like I know what I'm doing. And by all accounts, you know, like his agent or whoever's talking about, or his former coach or trainer, I think it was his trainer, was talking about like, oh, like Tua is like he's happy, he's feeling like confident, he's feeling better than he has in since since he's came come to the NFL. Um you know, I'm just I'm just not sure if if you know I I don't know if we're gonna see a replication of that this game or or what's gonna happen. I would love to see that, but again, like let's look at it very simply. The Ravens put up 38 points on Miami's defense, and I did, and Miami's defense played one of their worst games they possibly could have. Um, you know, they they the the Ravens defense played awful. Awful, awful, awful in the fourth quarter. I just don't – I think the Bills are just a much more well-rounded team. If Miami loses by six, I would be thrilled. I know that sounds like a loser statement, but look at the last four or five games that we've played. That we've played uh, – that we've played the Bills. <laughs> we've got the doors knocked off us, and we've been to one of those games. So I'll take the Bills minus six. It's a bit of a happiness uh, happiness hedge, but but I'll take it. 
Yeah, this is a game I would 100% stay away from overall, ignoring the happiness hedge and all that fun stuff, being a Miami fan. All the analytics, everything you look at, all the pros, the sharps, everything, six is too much. Most people have this at about three, three and a half, and that seems more right. So everything's telling you to go Miami. The only thing for me that's not is the eye test. I've watched this Bills team not miss a beat, look unbelievable through two weeks, and I don't know if anybody's going to stop them right now. Um, I think a big miss for the Bills right now is going to be Tredavious White. They're going to have a tough time lining up against both Hill and Waddle. So I start doing all that, and I definitely feel like I should lean Miami. But my eye test got telling me to go Buffalo again. Now we're getting to the happiness hedge. I think that's part of it. So I'm going Buffalo minus six. And, and the other thing that I wanted to bring up too, Cam, is, is that like it's week three. So what I want to see out of this game is I want to see them compete. Like, let's take baby. I know, again, it sounds ridiculous, but like you have a team that that basically should have been in the AFC championship game last year. Should have been. They, they lost on a coin flip, right? And you've got Miami who hasn't made the playoffs in four, five years, right? And has, has, has not been, they were third in the division last year. So let's walk before we run here. Let's let, we know that the Bills are favorites in the, in the league. They're fa- probably favorites to win the Super Bowl. So let's just have a, a competitive game and really build a foundation. If you lose, you lose. If we lose by 21 points, I'm going to be pissed and probably worried. Because it's it, like until you can compete with the big boys of the AFC, you're not a big boy. On the flip side of that, if Miami keeps this game close, if Miami fucking wins this game, <laughs> it's, it's going to be there are some people that are listening to this that are going to be miserable if Miami wins this game. So either way, fins up, but I just hope it's a good game. I have never been more nervous for a week three game. I mean, and this isn't important. The NFL is not a long season. Mm-hmm. This is a divisional matchup against the team you're competing with for, for first in the division. So I am nervous, and I don't know how I'm going to feel. I, I Before we move on, that's the other thing that I want to address too. Like everybody's always talking about how like, oh, it's only week two. It's only week three. Um, Yeah, I get that. Except for it's only week two. It's only week three turns into it's only week 14. We have three games left. Like quickly. Yeah. It's zero to a hundred. Look at fantasy. How often are we like, oh yeah, the NFL season started and it's done all the time. Oh yeah. This isn't baseball. There's not 162 games. There's 17. So you got to figure it out and you got to figure it out quick. Moving into the 4 PM slate. We have Jacksonville heading to the LA chargers. Charger are are minus seven. You got to take the chargers. Like I don't, the, the the Chargers should just ruin the Jags. Coming off a disappointing game, the only thing that that's again, it depends on the health of Justin Herbert. Like if he's not one hundred percent, how's that how's that going to work? But it's the Jags, dude. They're going to win four games this year, four or five games. Five Jags won five games. That's a successful season, in my opinion. I know they spent a lot of money, but your second year with Trevor Lawrence, you spent a lot of money on on wide receivers, Christian Kirk, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. O-line, whatever. They expect more. But I think if you get five game, five wins, six wins, that's fine. Chargers, they, you know, again, you're, you're in a really competitive conference. You need these games. These are the games that you need to win bad and win big. Like the the, the offense, the, the the Jags cannot match the Chargers offense in this uh in this kind of a game. So seven points does seem like a lot, 
but I think it's going to be easily covered. So I think they, they want you to take Jags here. Oh, Jags plus seven. That sounds so good. No, no. Give me the bolts. Yeah, I've kind of got all, all over the place with this game. You fade the Chargers at home. You take them on the road. They're at home, so that means fade. Seven points seems a lot to a Jags team that just blew out the Colts. But at the same time, I think Jacksonville, like last week, is usually their Super Bowl. They're going to be coming down on a low, going to the West Coast now. So I'm on the Chargers minus seven here. Also, if you took the Chargers on the road last week, it didn't work out so good. Moving along, Atlanta heads to Seattle. Seattle favored by two and a half. Give me the Falcons. I think they get their first win of the year this year. Um, I've actually been surprisingly uh, – I've kind of dunked on the Falcons the last couple weeks. But they've actually played surprisingly well. I mean, they should have won the first game. They had a chance to win the second game. And now they're playing a team that is, again – regardless of how they played the first game versus the Broncos, which really was just the Broncos beating the Broncos because Seattle didn't score any points in the second half. Um, Like, I don't know. I just feel like the Falcons have as bad as they've been. I think, I think it's overblown. I hate to admit this. I hate it, but I think it's overblown how bad they played. They, they lost by four to the Super Bowl champs. They had a chance to win that game. So I will take the Falcons plus the points on the road, and I think they probably win this one outright. Yeah, I think Seattle's getting a little too much love here. I don't trust Arthur Smith as a coach, and I don't like taking plus two and a half. If this goes to three, I might actually bet it, or I could tease this up to eight and a half in a with another team. But for the sake of taking every game against the spread, I'm going to go Falcons as well. Oh my goodness. Double Falcons. Woof. What could go All wrong? All rise. Is that what they, the thing is? All rise? Rise up? No, it's rise up. Rise up. Yeah, no. All rises. X, Joe Judge, Giants. That's Kramerism. It's rise up. LA Rams heading to Arizona. The Rams are three and a half point favorites. Hmm. Both teams have kind of surprised me this year. Both have looked not very good at times and looked really good at other times. I think this is going to be the game where the Rams just win. This is where they kind of take the division here. Although San Fran's going to be a better team without Jimmy G. Give me the Rams here, minus three and a half. I just think they're going to go into Arizona. The defense is going to be much better than it is. And I don't trust Arizona's offense, especially without D-Hop. So James Conner, questionable as well. So. Rams minus three and a half. Is it a double XP weekend this weekend is what I want to know. I don't think it is. I just don't think that Kyler is going to get as lucky as he did as he or whatever. I don't think I just could you just imagine if he's scrambling behind the line of scrimmage and he's got Aaron Donald on the other side. Like he's not going to like he's just not the same. So they want you to take the three and a half because common betting knowledge is saying, yeah, yeah, you lose by a field goal. No, 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 no. Give me the Rams minus three and a half. I think they, they they take care of business. And if you barely won versus the, the Raiders, you're not going to have too much fun versus the Rams. I think we're up for a big Cooper Cup game. Yep, I like it. Uh, heading to the last 4 p.m. site, Green Bay heads to the Buccaneers. Buccaneers favored by two. They sh- mm. Here's the problem. Mike Evans is suspended. Uh, Julio's Julio's questionable. Julio's questionable. 
Uh, and I'm going to take the Bucks minus the points. <laughs> I just, I, I just don't have faith in. I mean, what's what? What is the game plan for the Packers to win this game versus the Bucks defense? You're able to throw on the Bucks defense historically. I don't have a much as much of a sample size this year, but last year for sure, you throw on the on the Bucks, but you can't run on them. So what did the Packers have that, that, that they're decent at? Well, they've got A.J. Dillon, they've got Aaron Jones. You could say, well, you could throw screens to Aaron Jones. You throw little up-the-middle throws like in the flat to Aaron Jones. I don't think that's going to be enough. I just, again, I, I think if you look, right, they're, the Pack, Packers' first game, okay, well, you know, that was a bit of a dud. Then you played the Bears. Uh, yeah, I mean, give me the Bucks minus the points here. I just don't. I mean, as I said earlier, Tom Brady's going to just throw to whoever Tom Brady needs to throw to. I think their running backs have been serviceable. I think it doesn't really matter who he's throwing it to. Is White Lightning still on that team? Maybe I'll bet him for a touchdown. That'd be. That'd be he, he had a drop or something last week. They just signed Cole Beasley to the practice squad. It sounds like he'll be activated for Sunday. So it'll be an interesting lineup they have. So with all that, I'm going Green Bay easily in this game. I think Green Bay is going to win this game outright. This is what we call the Aaron Rodgers FU tour a little bit this year, although who knows if he's going to be high. He wants to beat Tom Brady head-to-head. Brady has injuries on the O-line. Every part of their offense is injured. Don't know who's going to be playing running back full-time. It's just a mess in Tampa Bay. I think the Packers' D is really good, and I think Aaron Rodgers will find a way to trust one of these rookies. And Alan Lazard back last week was nice. Bob Tunyon. Green Bay is going to win this game, I think, so Green Bay plus two. I like it. We got an 20 game. Yeah, Sunday night football. San Fran heads to Denver. San Fran favored by two. I mean, it's Jimmy G. I mean, I'm taking San Fran here. I don't know if Jerry Judy's going to play. I don't know how much of that matters when you've got, you know, Cortland Sutton and, and Melvin Gordon and Russ, and you're going to say, okay, well, they, you know, they got to figure it out at some point. Uh, I mean, both teams are one and one I just think San Francisco looks so much better with Jimmy Garoppolo than they do with Trey Lance. And you kind of touched on that earlier, how, you know, your opinion on them have changed. And, you know, there's three, this you're saying there's three extra wins here. Um, I, I just, I don't know. The Broncos defense has just not looked good in the two games that they've played. They just seem so easily exposed, which really opens everything up for Debo um, to really have himself a game. I get you're in Denver and this really should be a spot where the Broncos should take advantage at home versus a team who it's Jimmy G's first game and you should take advantage of that. I don't know. I, I, I do like the minus points in this situation because until I see something from Russ and the Broncos where I'm like, yes, like this is what – and I was high on, the, on them to start the year because their defense historically has been good. And I was like, man, like all they were missing is that is that quarterback. And then they go out and they barely beat the Texans and they lose at the Seahawks. I just don't – that's just not enough for me. I mean, touching on their defense, their defense has been pretty good through two weeks. Even against the Seahawks, they allowed DK Metcalf a lot of dip and duck. DK one-on-one for a jump ball. He's going to get a lot of it. He had like, I don't know, 10 receptions for like 40 yards. Something ridiculous. So their defense has been pretty good. Here's my only handicap on this game. I'm fading the Broncos until I see something different from Nathaniel Hackett and Russ. Nothing further. Don't care what the line is, what they're playing, unless it's something atrocious. Until I see something more, I'm fading them. So San Fran, minus two. Ooh, man, that is true. I forgot about Hackett. Yeah, I can't go with that cat. 
I mean, I mean, the alternative is though it's we're going with Shanahan. So, but whatever, yeah, not ideal. They almost made a so Super Bowl last the, year, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, moving into the last game, Monday Night Football, Dallas heads to the New York Giants. Barn burner. The New York Giants are favored. Ooh. Favored by a point and a half. So basically a pick them because it's at home for the Giants. So basically a pick them. Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys. I yeah, I'm with Cooper you. Cooper Rush, think... Noah Brown, Zeke actually might do something. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from this game is I think Micah Parsons is just going to eat Daniel Jones alive. Sorry, Dan Jones alive. I think the Giants Dan are Jones nice story. Now? He's Dan Jones. Uh, I think the Giants have a nice story to start the year. Their defense has looked really good. I don't know about their opponents that much. Dallas actually looked better with Cooper Rush than he, they did with Dak. He was moving his legs more than Dak did. He was sending CD some nicer balls. I like Dallas in this game because I don't think the Giants are that good. It's a nice story so far, but uh, Dallas, I think, is going to win this game, even in New York. So give me Dallas, plus one and a half. Yeah, I mean, hey – even if you look at who – I mean, Dallas beat the Bengals last week and you call it a fluke or call it whatever you want. Like, the the Gi- Giants have beat the Panthers, who have been bad. They beat the Titans, who have been bad. And so now you're actually playing a team that you think should be bad, except for I think you're bang on. Cooper Rush has looked much better than Dak has, uh, at least to start the year. Part of that, I'm sure, is Dak's injuries. Dak just hasn't looked the same since he had his major injury. I don't think that's that surprising. He just has not been good. I don't know what's happened with Ezekiel Elliott. This guy was like a top five running back in the league the last three, four years. Maybe last, maybe like not last year, but the couple of years before that, he was like a must-have guy in your team. And now he's got 5.9 fantasy points two weeks in a row. And he's just, he's just done absolutely nothing. Like, I mean, it's... So two points on... Two points on Zeke. One, if you look at the running backs across the board in fantasy, they've been horrible this year. Everybody. Like, nobody's been consistent two weeks in a row. Secondly, the biggest reason for Zeke this year, their O-line. It went from being one of the best O-lines to being one of the worst. They had two guys leaving free agency. One, Connor Williams to Miami. Two, Lyle Collins to uh, the Bengals. And then they lost another one. So their O-line is almost non-existent from what it was the last few years. So that's the biggest thing with Zeke for me. Uh, I think that if they find a way to use him in the screen game and the pass game more, that'll be better. Or just use Pollard more. But I think Dallas will find a way in this one. I mean, we're not good. The Giants aren't going 3-0 to start. That's the other thing. No. Like, no. if the Giants go 3-0 to start, like, <laughs> we're talking about, like, I mean, they're going to be right there in their own division. And that can't that can't happen. You can have yep, Philly and the Giants at 3-0. Like, what kind of world would that be? No, not going to happen. So, moving into locks. I got the first pick this week. Yeah. Are we going snake or are we going every other this one? Uh, let's go every other. I don't want to pick back-to-back. Too stressed. So, I'm going to go with Ravens minus three. I just think that's the one that stood out to me way easier. Baltimore's not going to be happy with how they played last week. So, they're going to find a way to win this game. And they're going to win it by more than three. Yeah, no, I, I like that one. Uh, my lock, um, first lock's going to be, uh, was, was it was Bengals minus five. Yeah, Bengals minus five. I'm going to take Bengals minus five as my first lock. I just I just really believe in the turnaround this week, as bad as that O-line's been. You can't, like, with that much talent on the team, like, they're not going to start 0-3. Uh, I, just, I just don't see it. Um, they, they're due. 
They, they really are. And I just, it's not even really that I have more faith in the Bengals. I have faith in that there's that they haven't played their best football. I just don't believe in the jets. I'm not buying it um, as much as I had, you know, I bet on the jets last week in later in the day or later in the week uh, to cover when the line moved to six and a half. Um, I just, yeah, I, I just like the Bengals in this spot to, to, uh, to win by a touchdown. I think that's really what it's going to be and probably going to be more, but I have faith that that's going to be a lock. It could be the kiss of death though. So who knows? Yeah. Gone back and forth. My second knock another couple of times here, I was going to go Detroit, but then I saw Minnesota and Kirk cousins is four and out at Detroit or against Detroit. Um, so I've got a couple of different ways between Vegas, but I'm going to stick with my Texans. If they're going to win in the division, they're going to win against the bears. So you're going to give me three points. Give me the Texans as a lock Texans plus three bonus lock. That's ballsy. I like it though. I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams. My was it minus three and a half. Yep. Yeah. I think Rams minus three and a half to me is, you know, it should probably be a little bit more. I think the cards are getting way too much credit for that win that they had in week two. And I think the Rams are not getting, are getting smoked for the Falcons putting up 27 on them when realistically it should have been significantly more of a win. So yeah, give me the Rams minus the points. I think that's an easy cover. I have a good feeling about going two and two. Uh, I was thinking about uh, perhaps locking the Saints just to see if I can reverse the curse, but I ain't touching the another Panthers game as long as I live because I just don't even know what's happening. But those are the two that I'm most comfortable with. Um, the the only other one that I was considering, and I think you were doing it too. I mean, the Raiders is the only other one that I'm like, man, they really should win that game. Like they should cover that game. They don't cover that game. I actually don't know. Then I don't know. Are the Titans like, what even are the Titans then? I don't know. Like, is they, like I have no idea. But I'd be fine. No, I, I, yeah, I have no idea with the Titans. But uh, yeah, those are a couple of the ones I really like. So uh, let's have a better week. Last week was not good. Uh, we got to hit one of our locks, one of us, one of these weeks. Maybe we'll hit two and two and two, and that figures things out in a hurry. Big game, 1 p.m. Buffalo, Miami, though. That's the one we're both looking forward to it. It'll be my first week so far this year where I get to watch as much football as I want, which will be huge. Might be a little bit hungover after a big wedding on Saturday, but I am pumped to just sit on the couch and watch football all day, watch a big AFC East divisional matchup. I will see you at the wedding on Saturday. Should be a good time. Uh, are you? Here's the real question. Are you bringing the trophy to the wedding? I am not, unfortunately. I thought about it, but I cannot. Could you imagine a better drinking glass? You go up to the bar, ask for a beer, and they just pour it right in the glass and carry it around all night? Well, I mean, that's what I'm going to be doing at Burke's Bar. Ah, Jesus. I mean, here's the thing. I guess you can't show up the groom, right? Like, that's the idea there. You can't. Or the bride. I don't know. Yeah. You can't have the prettiest thing in the room. Yeah, exactly. Oh, jeez. Anyway, should be a good time. <clears throat> As always, you can follow us on Twitter at over six sports at Zach Burke over six and at C Charlton and forty over six sports podcast. I'm Zach Demander. With me, as always, is the Turf King, Cameron Carlton. Thank you for listening to the Over Six Sports podcast. We will catch up with you.